we gather on this warm summer's morn, on a day of sunshine and showers, with lives that mirror the weather, with highs and lows, with dark days and bright days, we gather to honour the spirit within us, to mark the precious moments of our lives and celebrate the power of togetherness, here now, gathered in community. And so I welcome you this morning, all who are gathered here, all who might be listening to this service as a podcast someday in the future. Welcome to Essex Church, welcome to Kensington Unitarians. Let's take this moment now to gather ourselves, to bring all of ourselves to this time and this place. Today's service explores the nature of curiosity, our human urge to explore, to ask questions, and our willingness not to know the answers. Ours is a community in which we encourage one another to question and inquire. It's a community where we hear each other's truths and we allow one another to change our minds. We allow one another to reassess our values and we seek together new connections forged of love and justice. There are many stories out there about things being hidden in some way and the task within that story is to find what's hidden and bring it to the light. Now sometimes a story might leave us wondering about a decision made. Did the person in the story do the right thing? Did they really have any choice? You'll perhaps know the story of Pandora's box. Wasn't a small box, no, no. It was a mighty wooden chest, the kind of thing you could actually sit on, a chest that big, often given to a young couple for their wedding day, the kind of chest that we might keep our duvets and pillows in these days. And you will know the story, no doubt. It was a gift of the gods. Zeus had given that to Pandora on her wedding day and strangely had said to her, Pandora, a gift, but whatever you do, don't open the box. Well, what would you do? (laughs) Pandora probably didn't have quite enough to do because she sat looking at that box for an awful long time. You know what happened, didn't you? Did she open the box? She opened the box and all the troubles of the world came flying out at her. It's the story that tells us why a lot of nasty things happen in this world. Any of us would do what we could to close the box, wouldn't we? And eventually she managed, even though all these terrible things were flying out at her, she eventually managed to shut the lid of the box. But as she did, she heard a little voice. And the voice went... Pandora, I am hope. Let me out too, or humanity will never be able to bear what has come into the world. And so she did. What hope asked. She opened the box, and ever since, us humans have been dealing with just what a mess life can get into, and hoping that hope carries us through. So that is one story of what might be hidden 
But I just, I found another story this week, and I just had to bring this one too. This one is one to ponder. It's from the Sufi tradition. It, it involves Mullah Nasruddin. It also involves a small child who banged a drum all day long. And if you've ever heard a child banging a drum all day long, it can get you down. And you're also left with a sense of how much that child is enjoying the drum banging. No, no, that child would not be quiet no matter what anyone else said or did. Now, various people who called themselves Sufis and other well-wishers were called in by neighbours and asked to do something about the drum-banging child. The first so-called Sufi told the boy that he would, if he continued to make so much noise, perforate his own eardrums. This meant nothing to the child, who was neither a scientist nor a scholar. The drumming went on. The second told him that drum beating was a sacred activity and should only be carried out on special occasions, like Sunday mornings in church. But no, again, that meant nothing. The third offered some earplugs for the neighbours. The fourth gave the boy a book. The fifth gave the neighbours books that described a method of controlling anger through biofeedback <laughs> methods. The sixth gave the boy meditation exercise to calm him down and explained that, of course, all reality is imagination. But these remedies worked for a while, but not for a long. Until dear old Nasruddin came along. He looked at this situation. He handed the boy a hammer and a chisel, and he said, I wonder what's inside the drum. <laughs> That's it, Nadia. You can take those children away if you like now. There's plenty of musical instruments downstairs, I've heard. Farewell. See you soon. So let's move now into a time of prayer and reflection. A time to align ourselves with with that which is of ultimate worth to us whatever name you give to that God of our hearts and our understanding the spirit of life the spirit of love within all that exists let's think of the people who've lit candles today and the people and the situations that candles have been lit for. And maybe there's also someone or something that you want to focus your loving thoughts and prayers upon. Let's make time to think of others and time to acknowledge our care for places in our world that seem so out of our control and yet perhaps the power of thought and loving care will touch people in some way and lead us to useful actions let's take time to pray for ourselves 
for those life issues we struggle with, for our uncertainties. As Pandora inevitably opened that box, may we accept the inevitability of blunders and confusions in our life, accepting our imperfections, our struggles. Yet may we also be blessed with the curiosity and the bravery to open boxes and bring about change. In this world where nothing stays the same, there's no one we can seek to shape those changes and help create together a world of justice, equality and love for the greater good of all. Amen. The spiritual teacher known as Ram Das writes these words of encouragement towards an acceptance of ourselves and one another, just as we are. It's on the order of service uh, sheets as well, the hymn sheets. So like I'll shout. <laughs> when you go out into the woods and look at trees, You see all these different trees and some of them are bent and some of them are straight and some of them are evergreens and some of them are whatever. And you look at the tree and you allow it. You see why it is the way it is. You sort of understand it didn't get enough light and so it turned that way. And you don't get all emotional about it. You just allow it. You appreciate the tree. The minute you get near humans, you lose all of that. And you constantly say, you're to this, or I'm to this. That judging mind comes in. And so I practice turning people into trees which means appreciating them just the way they are. Well, I wonder what your reaction is to that piece. When I first read it, I I love Ram Dass's work, and when I first read that, it made me laugh, and then I went into a yes, but kind of reaction. Yes, but... People are much more complicated than trees. I think we can agree on that. Yes, but I don't live with a tree right with me in my flat. Yes, but trees never annoy me like people do. Well, except when their leaves drop into the gutters here at the church and cause a problem. Yes, but. Yes, but. Yes, but. Yes, and. We are all different. We are all products, every single one of us. We are all products of the circumstances of our lives. Yes, and there's probably an awful lot to be said for appreciating people just the way we are. 
And that probably does include us as well as them out there. Words from uh, Ramdas. I've been um, visiting primary schools recently, and it certainly brings back some memories. In, in one, there was a display of 100 word stories. I don't know if this was ever inflicted on you. The children were being challenged to write. They're given a title and asked to explore the topic in just 100 words. It's a very simple way to encourage creativity and it it helps those youngsters who cannot bear a blank page. But one of the titles that they'd been given was Curiosity Killed the Cat. (laughs) Such a classic. And, and of course, they'd written of a great array of terrible things, truly terrible things, happening to people as well as to cats. All those who had allowed their curiosity to get the better of them. You, you can immediately imagine, I suspect. Unlabeled bottles, drunken from, food of uncertain origin, eaten and regretted, rooms marked no entry. Entered but never returned from. <laughs> Boxes opened and dark paths chosen in error. Curiosity, I think, sometimes gets a bad name. Dear old Saint Augustine, writing in his Confessions way back in 397 AD, he explained that in the eons before God created heaven and earth, he fashioned hell for the inquisitive. You get a bit of that sense, don't you, from the Greek myth of Pandora's box that we heard earlier on, although I think there are complexities to that story and um, gender issues that are worth inquiring further about. (laughs) But it is also, is it not, our curiosity that has led humanity to such wondrous discoveries. It's one of my uh, little life pleasures is to think of those early humans, early homo sapiens, It just delights me to think of their discovery of all that we now take for granted. That cooked food tasted nicer than raw food. That animal skins cut together, cut and then sewn together, kept you warmer than just wrapping the whole uh, woolly mammoth round you. That round pieces of wood helped to move heavy items from from one place to another. Just have a think for a moment about your favourite discovery anything immediately pop into the mind doesn't have to be that early what have you got Jim fermentation fermentation <laughs> does that cover yogurt as well <laughs> what do you fire. Fire. fire definitely fire marvellous the wheel. the wheel yeah without music, music. oh yes Isn't it wonderful to think of the first person who thought if you blow down a reed and then make a few holes in it, you'll end up with a flute. But also the domestication of cats. Okay. Very important actually, because the Egyptian did it because they uh, had stored stored corn. And you can only store that if you have cats. Because otherwise it gets eaten by Yeah, the domestication of cats to keep rodents away from your, your yeah. grain store. And grains because people couldn't yeah. grains. Yes. It's very important. 
So agriculture. And, yeah. mm, so what I knew it would be an interesting eclectic mix, this. Carolyn. Uh, the apple falling off Newton's head and the discovery of bread. Yep, yep. Indeed, Sue. The needle, yes. Apparently, 40,000 years ago, they found a needle from 40,000 years ago. I think it sits in the British Museum. What a marvellous thought that they had that idea. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the cat that curiosity killed, probably. Thank you for all of that. There's more we can talk about later, no doubt. I was checking these out with friends. We came up with penicillin, electricity, um, uh, duvets aforementioned, vacuum cleaners, toothbrushes. There's a lot out there. I don't know if you've been looking at the uh, photos sent back to Earth this last week from the New Horizons uh, space probe of the dwarf planet Pluto and her moons. And they're marvelling that we now know the planet has mountains made of ice as high as the Rockies here on Earth. Scientist Albert Einstein wrote, never cease to stand like curious children before the great mystery into which we were born. It's not just children either, is it? I've, I've been on some training courses recently about systems thinking, a way of looking at complex situations in which every element is moving in relation to all the other elements. And one of the early exercises we did was simply to put our hands on our chests and our tummies and feel our breathing. I mean, this is something we might be doing in uh, Margaret's singing class later on. But simply becoming aware of the remarkable complexity of the processes involved in our breathing is is a a great example of a system with many, many... Yes, a coordinated system with interrelated elements. We only know what we know about bodies because of people's curiosity, their desire to explore and through exploration, through research and experimentation to start to understand. And this urge to explore, this curiosity, that seems to be one of the features, doesn't it, of being alive, since most living creatures tend to explore their environment. And of course it can be for good and it can be for bad. It can be morally virtuous, it can be morally wrong, it can be somewhere in between where wrong is done, yet good may come from it. A friend of mine remembered the... um, picture from the 17, late 1700s, I think. Um, you might remember it. It was by Joseph Wright, not a famous painter, but it's called An Experiment on a Bird in the Air Pump. And what they're doing is taking the air, the oxygen, out of this pump where the bird is, and the bird is dying, and everybody's watching on. It's, a, it's one of those marvellous and horrific scenes. It's, it's a very human, human um, moment that I think it's that curiosity in us that leads us forward on journeys to distant planets it also leads us forward on inner journeys to understand ourselves and others a little better perhaps as that Sufi story of the Mullah Nasruddin encouraging the child to take the drum apart and find out what is in there and, of course, that's a story that's working on multiple levels, isn't it? isn't it? We laugh at the thought of adults so annoyed at that child's incessant playing of a drum. But, of course, on that deeper level, it's saying, go inwards. Explore what's hidden. 
Be curious about the inner workings of our very being. And of course, this is a lifetime's work. We'll never be finished with it because we are unique. We are amazingly complex creatures. And if we ever think we understand ourselves or someone else, well, we can probably guarantee that there'll be a surprise awaiting just around the next corner. Curiosity is generally defined as investigation, exploration, a thirst for knowledge and understanding. It also contains that element of questioning. It even contains, I think, the capacity to be puzzled or confused. And its spiritual aspects are found in a sense of awe and wonder about this world and our place within it. These questions can be sparked by the very universe we live in. Why is the sky blue? And I think how many times people have told me the answer to that question and I've forgotten it again. Why does the ladybird have spots? To the very intimate details of our very private lives. And in the end, we know that we have to live as though we know what's going on. Because otherwise life will be unbearable. But in truth, we also know how remarkably little we do know but we have with us this wonderful ability to be interested by life we live in a whole world of wonder inside amen and so may your life in the week ahead be a journey of compassionate curiosity about all that is And all that might be within you, within those around you, and throughout our world. May we never forget the infinite possibilities of life and love. Amen. Go well and blessed be.